Hey, so this is just a heads up that today's episode talks about sex, and I think I dropped the F-bomb once, maybe twice. Oh, we swore a lot. No, we didn't. And then you're not supposed to be in this part of it. It's just me. So, <laughs> we'll try that again. What? This, sh- this episode. This part is just for me to talk about. So, if you have kiddos in the car, you might want to just wait or put headphones in or something like that. So, anyway, just your heads up. Have you heard this before? I can't say that I have. Just listen. Close the door. You don't need that dress anymore. Naked, baby. Versace on the floor. <laughs> you know, I miss the days of the Rolling Stones when it was like innuendo, like I can't get no satisfaction. Not like literally we're gonna kiss and undress and have intercourse. Versace on the floor, baby. <laughs> Hi, I'm Emily. (laughs) Oh man, and I'm Alex. And this is our podcast, What Makes. And today we are talking about what makes great sex. Not good, like great great sex. sex. Okay, great sex. Okay, here we, we here we are, last one of the season. Wow, uh, yeah, this was fun. Uh, before we get into this, and I know I'm probably just trying to deflect. <laughs> I have to say, I've enjoyed thoroughly doing this podcast with I you. I know. Do you think anyone's listened? Mm, yeah, like twenty people. Really? Did you check the analytics? Uh, I have checked the analytics before. Yes. And like twenty people. <laughs> <laughs> Total or I don't know. Episode? I don't know. It's hard to say. <clears throat> well. Hey, it was fun. It's fun for us to do. And I gotta tell you, I was not necessarily into this idea when it started. <laughs> Much like having sex sometimes. No, you're, you're always all in. <laughs> all the time. Okay, right. well, with that segue... Yeah. Great sex is totally about having a great partner. Haha, <laughs> great sex, the best sex happens when you have a really good sense of humor. Um, selflessness, don't think about yourself. I think from what I understand, the absolute best sex from what women have told me is a lot of men aren't in tune with the woman and the more in tune you are and the more you're like a musical instrument to the other person, the better the sex will be. So you're not only playing your own fiddle, but you're playing someone else's. Great sex, never. (laughs) You have to work too hard. (laughs) Well, ultimately sex is, in my view, is the um, 
uh, is a spiritual act of, of communion, um, expressing physically what takes place between uh, two persons' lives and, and hearts and emotions. Uh, it's not technique. It's not um, uh, not games. It's um, it's communication, and it's it's a glorious gift. I've been thinking about this. What makes great sex? Okay. I think it's the element of surprise. <laughs> I can tell you that that is not what makes great sex. <laughs> well, I don't know. That seems that seems dumb. No, oh, you're so judgy on this. No, that's all I'm talking. But well, I'm not saying like, oh, he slipped a finger in somewhere that he doesn't normally do that. <laughs> not that kind of surprise. What? What then? Are you, what I'm are you just saying about? that I think good sex has. Not only is it about variety, but it's about like. It's it's when it's mundane that it's not like, you know, it's like, oh, we always like, okay, so they're the people who, because of their busy lifestyles, schedule sex. And I could see that becoming like very predictable sort of checklist. And so you don't think that's great? It can't be great. I, I mean, it can be. Who knows? Maybe it's working for people. I'm just saying for me personally. That's not what you were saying. You were saying generally that that doesn't work. That is the element of surprise that makes great sex. Okay, so let me um, couch this with some uh, disclaimers and that I'm really talking about me. Like, well, <laughs> well I, I mean, obviously, I think you kind of have to draw from your own experience. Well, right, but I'm just saying, like, I that's one thing I think about sex is that everyone's tastes are different, and yeah. so what is great sex to one person may not be great for another. I. You're right, absolutely, but I think it can be boiled down to a core. To a, a, some fundamental truths. Okay. Can you, can you quote Hamilton? Uh, no. Fundamental truths at the exact same time. Three fund. Okay, anyway. Yeah. I know there are ten um, gold commandments. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that... Well... So, surprise, I mean, like, variety. Well, if I'm remembering correctly from the people we interviewed, and I'll listen to them back as i when i edit this um i think actually the guys said that the most the guys said oh. the variety was important yeah yeah and like if you're always the one who initiates it then it's probably like a nice surprise to have the other person initiate it sure or if you're always the one who's quote unquote in control it's probably nice to have the oh. other person in control like absolutely so i think that's the element of surprise it's like the not in the routine i think when you're in your routine, it can be good sex. But I think it's when it's out of the routine. Look, if we're being honest, for me personally, a heterosexual male, and me personally, I think the thing that makes the greatest sex is a vagina. Really? Your, yours specifically. Of course. You think any vagina would be make great no, sex? No. no. So that's not true. Your vagina. Right. <laughs> anyway. So, I don't know. I just think that there's got to be some sort of... Well, I think... Okay, okay, so you were saying you had to boil down to some elements. Well, I think sex is tricky because there's there are two components to it. There is, like, the scientific, biological side of things. And then there's the psychological right. side of things. And I think where everybody gets tripped up the most is the psychological part of it, which makes it complicated. 
And I think sometimes the biological side of things can be influenced by the psychological side of things. Absolutely. 100%. So, for example, if you think that great sex is always orgasm, that's biological. Really. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, do this movement for this amount of time, then X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. Um. But I don't know if necessarily that means that it's great sex. If we're talking about great sex, then I think into that into into play comes an element of emotional connection or psychological thing. Mm-hmm. And I think the very very first thing for great sex has to be consent. Oh yeah, yeah yeah like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Baseline, whatever. Right. That's it. I agree with you. Um. So that's the biggest thing. And then I think after that, there needs, I think the other element is communication, open and clear and honest communication. And I think that makes that, honestly, I think that's all it boils down to. And I think everything else, like role playing or scheduling or positions or whatever, just comes from communication. So knowing your partner. If you don't know them, being willing to learn about them in the moment, like okay, so reading, ask, reading body language, verbal. Do you think that if um, this didn't happen, but let's say you and I <laughs> met at a bar one night, first yeah. night, and uh, it was just like the one night there was stand? a fire in your pants and we, <laughs> we went somewhere and had sex. Do you think it's possible to have great sex? Absolutely. Really? Mm-hmm. How come? Like, if you're saying, like, the communication part part of that. Because I think that you, in that moment, you can communicate with each other. You can read body language. You can, um, you know, talk. You can get to know somebody. And that, I don't think that it has to come from knowing somebody for a long time or knowing them at all. But like, th- okay. I think our sex has gotten better the longer we've known each other. Yeah, and that's because, like, our communication has gotten better. Sure. Could it be that someone who has a one night stand could peak? Could peak? <laughs> like their relationship peaked, like that was the best their communication was? Well, I don't know. I mean, if you kind of think about it like with acting or with singing or any kind of skill, I think there's technique that gets crafted and honed, but there's also like moments of inspiration. You know, like, why are you laughing? Like, that's an awesome way to talk about sex. <laughs> well, I. I mean, so, like, I think you can be inspired by your partner, and I've never had a one-night stand, but I think that, like, in the moment, I can imagine it, like, in the moment, you can be inspired by your partner and what they're telling you with their body language or what they're verbally telling you, mm-hmm. and it could be a really great night of sex, whereas, you know, when you're in a committed, monogamous relationship, you're in more for the long haul, Sure. and so I think then you start to develop kind of a technique of repertoire or i don't know whatever but that could be also that's where my surprise thing comes in too like if it's the same bag of technique right but i think then that's another tool that's thrown in there is spontaneity Mm -hmm. so i don't know so our our backgrounds are super super different i mean you grew up your mom dropping you off at school being like yeah sixth grade we'd be driving to school and she's like you know it's okay to masturbate Or, like, don't have sex unless you love somebody. Or, like, be sure you wear a condom. Yeah, it was a very open conversation about sex, like, all the time. Uncomfortably so. But 
I mean, I, I'm really glad. But there's a definite acknowledgement of the sexual side of you. Mm-hmm. And and I think there was a lot of not ju- non-judgmental. Absolutely, and also, um, I think there were. There was never a don't have sex. Like, there was never that message. Like, don't. But the message was always um, sex is really powerful. Mm-hmm. And has consequences. And it has consequences. And... But yeah. um, so it was talked about regularly. It was talked about in a way that it say, was. Say regularly again. <laughs> say it again. No, say it again. Regularly. <laughs> Reg- say the, say regularly. the whole thing. <laughs> Reg- <laughs> Regularly. Great sex has no judgment. <laughs> the way you say things. Regularly. Anyway, it was talked about on a frequent basis <laughs> with the idea that there was no judgment. There was nothing wrong with having sex. Not even that, like, you should save it for the person you are married to. Mm-hmm. But just that it was, it does have consequences. It is emotional. It's a serious thing. It's a serious thing. Yeah. So just be safe and sure of it. Mm-hmm. And I like, I waited quite a while to have sex. Yeah. Compared to some of my peers. Yeah. Like you understood that, you absorbed that. Yeah. That teaching. Well, my experience was different because I grew up in the evangelical church, which was like night and day different about that. Because basically what you're taught is that you are not a sexual being. Like, sex does not exist until you're married. And then once you're married, your husband is the boss of you. And basically, like, you need to make sure that he's happy all the time. So if that means that he wants sex all the time, you give him sex all the time. And I think there's a certain amount of unspoken, like, you need to be, like, you need to be a sexual prowess in the bedroom. You know, they don't say that and they don't teach that. But I think, like, that's... the undertone. Yeah, that's part of the thing. And And I should say that my parents you know, are artists. And so we, and I think that lends toward a more liberal way of thinking. Um, And so we grew up like knowing about like the proper names for body parts, like, and that kind of terminology. And I remember my mom always saying things like the naked body is a beautiful thing and like never. And I think some other evangelical families would be like, don't look at naked statues and don't look at paintings that have nudity. You know, so my parents were like, Right. But my parents were more open in that way. And but like certainly we never talked about like sex outside of marriage ever. Mm-hmm. And we never talked about like condoms or. Because why would you need them? Right. And we like and I don't know. Maybe this isn't the place of a parent and a child. But like we never talked about blowjobs or anything like that. Like I honestly feel like if my kids were talking with me about sex. Like You'd be maybe... like, let me get the banana and show you how daddy likes to have his balls tickled. <laughs> no, I would definitely not say that. Definitely not. But I definitely could be like, see myself saying to my kids, like, some men like it when you put, <laughs> see, you're so uncomfortable already. But like, you know, some men like it when you put their penis in your mouth. Like, I can envision myself saying that to my kids. And that there was no talk of that at all right. growing up. Um in the church like no way and i think by the way i think you should not say that i think it's all men like that what did i say you said some men like to have their penis put in your mouth oh i mean (laughs) i'm just joking you can't say i'm just joking yeah 
Um, that one of the things that you said just a minute ago really like struck me was this idea that like the different one of the big differences is like it was talked about in my family like sex has consequences is important but it wasn't like and it was safe for someone special but it could happen at any point and this idea like it was you never thought of it outside of marriage and you're not a sexual being before that oh yeah I mean I don't know if I've ever told you this but like I literally remember praying like because, you know, in the evangelical church, they talk about the rapture quite a bit and, like, you know, the end times and things. Excellent. And I remember praying, like, dear God, please let me have sex before you come back. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and when you had sex with me the first time, it was like you it, had experienced the rapture. It, no, it was better than that. It was like, okay. I mean, there's a lot of, I have a lot of feelings about the church and and some are positive and some are negative, but I really feel like the way churches handle sex and sexuality. The church as a whole. Well, I mean, maybe I should say evangelical. Yeah. I don't know. They, I think they just do a real disservice to women in particular. Yeah, I would imagine that would give you a lot but of on baggage. The flip, yeah. And then on the flip side, though, I feel like now, like, women are so encouraged to be sexual. I also feel like there's this new standard that women have to live up to. Like, we are now sexually liberated, and so we need to be, like, totally, sex like, aware of our own sexuality and in touch with it and, like, masters of it, which I, I think has gone too far mm-hmm. the other way as well. See, this is the other thing that I think is really interesting, is that, and this is just a really broad stereotype generalization, so I totally cop to that, but I feel like sex is far more complicated for women than it is for men in the sense that like i think you guys just have a shit ton of baggage well i don't that just could be your experience with me though because i don't know because i think the way like millennial women are portraying sex is that they're down to fuck like just as much as men are in one night stands like if you think of like broad city like that's definitely the message that's being shared it's just like but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. There's all these. I feel like women. I feel like women are getting tons of different messages about sex. And do you know what my like honest like my initial reaction to you saying this is? What? Like in my brain, Man's it like plane. no, it like immediately goes back to like, well, that's because Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. <laughs> I kid you not. That's how conditioned I am. Wow. Like, that's just our lot. Like, we're always going to strive to be, like, just like the men. But. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Maybe you need some therapy about this. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, maybe. I'm sure I could benefit from some of it. Uh, but what I'm saying is I think there are a lot of messages that women receive about sex far more than men do. I guess the only message that men receive is that sex is good and should be done regularly. Mm. But, like, there's, I don't feel like there's a lot of messages, like, well, I guess there's the message, like, if you're not having sex, that that's not a, pro- like, that's not okay. That's not okay, yeah. Like, you have to be having sex 24-7. But I, do, I don't know, there's not a, I just feel like there's a lot more going on for women than there are for men about, like, what, what's, because, like, that's the thing. It's like millennials, like, go have sex just like a man would, but don't be a slut. Right. You know? Right. Um... I think maybe like the coming out of the feminine 
feminism movement is just like women are making the choice to have sex or not to have sex Mm -hmm. rather than feeling like people are telling them that they should. And so I think some women take it to the extreme of like just having sex all the time, which is maybe true to what they want. I don't know. It's hard to. Who can get into that person's brain? Right. Anyway, it's complicated. But I really think great sex comes down to communication between two people. Mm -hmm. I think that's true. So I would say that going, getting ready for this, there was probably some. Well, we've put this off. Yeah. Like we've been doing this podcast for like six months now. (laughs) And, and this is the last one. And it's literally got to come out in a couple of days. Yeah. So I'm wondering what, why is sex difficult to talk about, do you think? Mm, good question. I think because it's like vulnerable. And I think people just have, I have a hard time being vulnerable. There's yeah. a certain amount of pride and I don't know. Yeah, I think that... I don't know. Why is it so hard? Like, presumably, you love the person you're with. And, like, that means that you guys, like, care about the other person, have your their best interests in mind. So you wouldn't care if they were, like, And I perfect. would say that this conversation would probably be equally as... It's not difficult, because it wasn't difficult. But it would be easily as, like, nerve-wracking, I guess, even if it was not in front of a microphone for... tens of twelves of people to listen to right but like if it was just you and i oh i'm not even thinking about people listening to this like i don't really like you hope they all just see what makes great sex like yeah i don't want to hear how to talk about that (laughs) i'm good (laughs) so i think there's the vulnerability part of it and i think that like i also this is part of it is that i think we all speculate that I don't know. Maybe this is my own insecurity. Mm-hmm. My speculation is that everyone is having better sex. Yeah, I than get that from you a lot. I feel like you think that like everybody's having sex like every night and it's amazing. <laughs> That's not what I think at all. Well, okay, but you know what I mean. But like, it's hard to maintain an exciting, active sex life. It is, especially like when you've been married for a while and when you have kids. When you have kids, I think especially, and especially when you get into your careers. Mm-hmm. I think. It's just, it's just, you have to really make time for it. So uh, it makes me think um, about what I was talking to, not about sex, but just in general about relationships with my therapist. Mm -hmm. And she was saying how like, you know, when you're first dating someone and it's like, okay, I know I only have 30 minutes that I can see that person before she has to go to work and I have, but I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I get to her house to see that 30 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's a point in the relationship where it's easier and easier to bypass that, to just get Mm -hmm. comfortable enough. And I think sex is the same way. Like, it's really easy to find excuses not to have sex. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and put into play, like, all the biological changes that happen over time. You know, like, when you're 17 years old, I think for guys and girls, it's like, just thinking about your penis could, like, make you have an orgasm. Do you, you know what I mean? You thinking about my penis would make me have an orgasm. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
but you know what I mean. Like, right. and then biology changes. And then especially for women when you have children and if you're breastfeeding. Right. And like all those biological changes. And and then you're just so tired all the time, you know, after your kids are born. <laughs> for a while. And well, yeah. but, and that's so I think. But I mean, the- so that's taking that into play. Those are just like added challenges that you right. have to overcome so i think it becomes like what my therapist was saying it's like you have to get back into the frame mind of like this is really important for the relationship and so i'm gonna do i know that i've got 70 other things i need to do but i'm gonna make right. sure that i go see her for those 30 minutes yeah and i think maybe too like as you get older perhaps the sex becomes more about connecting with your partner rather than just like fulfilling some biological urge yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I think when you're in your 20s, it can be more just biological. Hmm. Don't you think? I don't know. It's always been really emotional for me. Not like I cry after we're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, it's so beautiful. That'd be okay, honey. I know. If you did that, it'd be okay. Um, I don't know. Like, I've always... Maybe because of the way I was brought up. Like, I've never had sex with someone... That you didn't care about. Yeah, that I didn't want to have an emotional. So it's always been. And as I've learned from your love languages book, not your, (laughs) not Emily's. The love language. The love language, whatever it's called, the seven love languages. Five. Five. (laughs) My love language is definitely physical contact. Right. And so I don't know where I was going with that, except for like. Sex is an important part of that yeah, physical contact. Yeah. To know that you're connected to somebody. Yeah, that yeah. sex connects me to someone. Yes. More than like I don't think I could do the one night stand. That would be really mm. difficult for me hmm. emotionally. Well, you're never gonna be able to find that out, so you're just gonna have a <laughs> dream. <laughs> You know, we have two daughters. Mm-hmm. What do you think our role or conversations with them about sex look like in the future? <sighs> you are way more like freaked out about it than I am. That's true. Well, we've already had a couple of conversations just about the biology part of things. Yeah. And very like clinical <laughs> sciencey terms. Right. Right. Like. Um, I, I would hope, I mean, we haven't talked about this a whole lot, but my hope is that it would be more like the relationship I have with my mom, where it's just like open and free and there's no judgment. Like my hope. No, I should say like my parents, I never felt judgment in particular from my parents. I don't think only in the sense of their firm commitment to and serving in the church. But they never said to me specifically, like, you're a whore if you have sex right. out of marriage. That never, ever came out of right. their mouths, ever. So any judgment I ever felt from them just came from their association with the evangelical right. church. That makes sense. So I don't want, I don't want to, like, make it seem like my parents are super judgy. Right. Because I, I don't think they are. And I think they've shown in their experiences, like, they're not. Like, they're right. very exactly. loving and tolerant of exactly. all yeah, sorts yeah, of yeah. people. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, the conversations I want to have with our girls is about the not consequences. No, because I don't want to wrap it up in consequences necessarily. But if you take the word, cons- I mean, consequence, the definition is just, just like 
something happening because of something else. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like consequences like, like we sometimes you say consequences like you hit me, so your consequence is right, right, which right. is still the same definition of the word, but I guess consequence has that connotation of like a punishment, right? So not like that, but I mean, there are huge consequences to mm-hmm. sex. Yeah, I think the thing that I want to stress with them is that it's beautiful, it's powerful. And it's best with the person that you, with a person that you really truly care about. Yeah, I mean that's ultimately what it comes. Care about? I don't know. That seems a little unspecific to me. Maybe like can be real, can be yourself with, can be authentic with. I think is more important. Yeah, and I mean not because I I see like a lot of kids, a lot of teenagers, like feeling like they have to be a certain way. For somebody. And so I think, I don't know. Well, I hope that in whatever way we can communicate to them, the consensual thing is really important. Yeah. That if there's any moment where they don't feel comfortable, they need to... Or if their partner doesn't feel comfortable, they need to like back off. Yeah. And they they should be able to walk away from that and feel okay about that. Mm Yeah. I guess the risks should be a part of that, like STDs, pregnancies. Yeah. Um, but that stresses like that why you should have a, and why you should have like a connection with that person, a deep connection or a deeper. What? What? I don't know. What now? Well, I'm just saying like because the it's an event, it's an experience that has risks. Like you shouldn't necessarily just take that risk with some stranger, but. I guess that's judgy. Like, if they want to have a one-night stand when they're grown-ups, I guess they can have one-night stands. Yeah, I would just say more like, teach them that they're risks, and here's what you can do to minimize the consequences, which is use a condom. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to have a kid with just some person, don't have unprotected sex with somebody. Mm-hmm. And then there's the whole emotional side, like protecting your heart. I mean... You know, I grew up hearing like, I don't can't even think of it now, all those scriptures about like, don't give your heart to somebody or your heart is pure or like save your heart for your husband and, you know, don't sex, holding hands leads to sex. That's actually what my mom used to say. I wish that were true. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be holding your hand like every hour. <laughs> I don't know. I guess the moral of the story is sex is really simple and also really complicated. Right. I also want to teach him that sex is, that's like, it's, this is what I like about sex is that it's variety in the sense, like, it can be silly. It can be serious. It can be passionate. It can be all of that stuff. You're going to talk about that with our kids. Like the time that I had that sex with you like wearing a clown outfit. <laughs> that seems to getting into a bit too, like, technique. <laughs> I'm You're not gonna talking about wanting to give like. I'm not gonna talk technique with my kids. That's not appropriate. <laughs> no, but I don't want them to feel like that's a, great. Sex isn't one way. That's what I want them to know. Okay, that's fine to say. <laughs> what? I just don't. I don't know. Like I, I want them to know that like. Yeah, there's a variety in sex. I think if we just cover the basics, like, only have sex with people you truly care about and can be yourself with. 
use protection. Let's just leave it at that. We don't need to be like, clown suits are okay. <laughs> yeah. Candles are okay. Like, we don't need to do that. Let's, I think maybe in some ways, like, less is more. Okay. I don't know. Great sex, I think, is communication and consent. And I think that it's a natural, healthy part of life. I agree. Well, that's it. That's the last episode. Special thanks this week to Kelly, Annie, DeAndre, Todd, Dorothy, and Peter. And thanks to all of you who were willing to sit down with me and answer my questions for this season's um, podcast. We hope to see you guys next year, I guess. We'll start again in 2018. So this is the last episode of our season, and we don't really know if anyone listened. But we're um, probably going to record a second season. But we might do a second season. Because we're narcissists. Is that why we did this? Did no. you listen to our episodes? A couple of them. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of fun to do, and it gets us talking and thinking, and I... I think it's a nice way, for, if anything. Actually, what I've really enjoyed about it is it's... I've gotten to know different parts of you i think yeah like how often do we sit down and like talk in a about focused the internet or in a focused way to each other yeah usually we have kids or dogs or whatever distractions mm-hmm. so anyway this is the last episode for this season um season two will probably happen in 2018 I- i'm thinking we're gonna have more guests next year that'd be cool that'd be fun if you have ideas for what we should talk about Send us a message on our website, whatmakespodcast.com, or find us on Facebook. Or find us in person. Or find us in person. And talk to us. Or if you want to be on the podcast. Yeah. We'd love to have you. Yeah. So if you want to give us money to buy a new, we need. We need a new audio interface and a couple of new microphones. I mean, or we can just keep it homegrown. But this one has our peas popping just a little bit. Well, that just needs a. A oh, can we just do that? Let's get a nylon. Yeah. And stick it. Oh, let's do that. <laughs> okay, I'll Pinterest it. We can figure it out. Jeez. Never mind. We don't need your money. We're good. <laughs> I mean, we'll take your money. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Have a good one. <laughs>